What does motion sound like? With Kizikans free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom socks. Oh, welcome in the latest episode of that. SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Braden. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Falls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee Hover? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, I'll tell you what. We have mm. officially hit that point of the calendar. Shane, spring football's done. Transfer portal, more yep. or less done. We got basically nothing to talk about. So thank you once again to all the fans on the call-in line, Shane. Let me give that out to you one more time. 615-965-5152. We'll put that in the show notes as well. But, uh, man, these fans keep coming through, Shane. And without them, we wouldn't even be doing this show today. You know what? (laughs) Well, that's the truth, you know. Before the hotline... We, you know, it's it's so funny because it's kind of weird, man. I'm gonna be honest with you. When, when we start, I still sometimes I feel like it's just me and you, you uh-huh. know. And then and then we'll see somebody or, or we'll talk to somebody on Twitter, and you're like, "Holy shit, yeah, somebody is listening to this," you know. The hotline has totally changed my outlook, brother. I'm telling you what, it's been so, we can't get to them all. We can't. I, I've never. I thought you know, hey, we'd have one or two, and maybe the same caller. You know, <laughs> half of them are family members. You know, just wondering, <laughs> disguising their voice and asking a question about Arkansas or something. But no, brother, this has been a fantastic outpouring, and I cannot wait to see it in the season. You know, because that's why I like it. I love this hotline. Don't get me wrong for the content that we're able to put here in the list season and the you know we're kind of in the dog days here but during the season when your team just pulls off a freaking upset I want you guys to save that phone number and have it ready because I want to feel it man you know if your team just pulled off an upset like like my Tennessee Vols against Alabama last year you know I oh, I would have yeah. called that hotline I mean we were able it was so awesome to jump on and, and talk to the fans and everything but you know if your team pulled off the upset if you're a big lsu fan and you got that big upset right there in the death valley i mean that's when i want to get on the horn i want to call the hotline and i'm going to let that sec podcast and the cousins know just how tremendous that victory was but on the flip side of the coin if you're a Bama fan, you lost two of these damn games. You may want to get on here and say, fire that damn offensive coordinator, you know? So that's that's the cool thing about this hotline. So be sure to save it. You don't have to call it now. We definitely do appreciate all the all the messages. We're trying to get to all of them. We're not going to be able to, but, you know, you got a show topic or, uh, you know, you just want a, a suggestion or something like that. Give us a buzz, man. We're gonna we're gonna play it, and we're you know this is a fan run podcast. So your information, the stuff you guys want, is the stuff we're gonna go over. So yeah, yep. fantastic, man. Hey, and one quick note, Shane. Whenever I make a mistake, I like to bring it up just to let everybody know how many mistakes I make. But uh, we did have you know we've been piling on the Gators. I said on the last episode, South Carolina last team to beat Georgia. I thought I said in Athens, but I I think I just said last East team to beat Georgia. It was actually Florida 
during the COVID season, Dan Bowling, baby. I mean, they beat them. Yeah. The Georgia Bulldogs, but uh, that's about all they've got to hang their hat on here lately. You know what? That was the last good victory, wasn't it? <laughs> wasn't it? It was the last good one. I well, wish so, I wish I could say that. I mean, in the yeah. recent years beating Georgia, we've not been able to do it. So yeah, no, this is this is a. What, so this was COVID. I'm trying to remember that game. Was it in? Was it in Florida or was it in Georgia? Oh, it's always in Jacksonville. So oh it was, shit! I, even during COVID, it was yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Was so, it was I? So going back because I'm trying to remember. COVID's kind of a blur to me. Mm-hmm. Um, was there were we allowing fans in at this point? Or are we still at the the twenty five percent rule? I think it was the twenty twenty five percent rule. The only okay. thing I remember from it, Shane, was the wheel route. <laughs> Florida killed Georgia on the wheel route, and yeah. uh, I think one of Georgia's receivers got really badly injured in that game. Unfortunately, I remember that. But uh, that was just a high flying offense, Shane. I mean, hell, uh, you know, hardly anybody could slow it down except that. That fog down there uh, when they were playing. I think the game was at home, but it was. Remember LSU upset them. That's, oh yeah, that's another thing I remember. Right before the SEC championship, the, the shoe toss. Yeah, yep, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, <laughs> man, there were some wild games that year. I, I, yeah, I gotta probably. I probably should sit down and redo the COVID. It was, it was just such a wild time, you know. So much has happened since then. It's just for some reason it's kind of a fog, pun intended, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get to our first question, Shane. This comes from Cousin Stu. He's a Tennessee fan from Chattanooga, but yep. he's got some of that negaval in him. Let's kick it over to Stu. Hey, buddy. Mike, Shane. Great show. Love listening. This is Stu from Chattanooga, living in Virginia now. Uh, go Big Orange. I've been re-watching all the games from last year for the balls. And I got to say, I love our running backs. I think our defense is going to be improved. I just don't think that we win 10 games this year. Maybe it's the uh, battered ball syndrome coming out. But rewatching some of the throws that Joe Milton makes, it's, it's just not perfectly placed in the breadbasket like uh, Hendon could do. I think that's going to come uh, bite us in the ass a bit in some of these games. Tell me I'm not just being a negaball. Tell me I'm, I'm wrong. But I just want to let you know that I don't think all the balls are pumped up about next year. I'm hoping I'm wrong. Hope you crack a cold one and listen to this. All right, Shane, and I also wanted to rope this into uh, another one. We've had a, a really big fan who just reaches out on Twitter. His name's Glock Vols. <laughs> He's asked us for realistic expectations for the Vols for the next uh, three years. So I kind of thought we'd kind of rope all this together. But Stu, back to Stu's question, doesn't know if Tennessee can win 10 games next year. Not completely sold on Joe Milton. And, you know, I'm not either, Shane. But when I say I'm not completely sold on him, now let's let's be careful here, Shane, because any time you say something like that, people think you you're a hater and you think that you know he's yeah. garbage and all that. I'm just saying he's not head and hooker, and we got to put yeah. that into perspective. I think uh, with Josh Heupel's system and the players they've got, they will be efficient on offense. I think Joe Milton will put up some nice yards. He'll put a, he'll score a ton. You know, I think he'll have a good season, maybe even a really good season, depending on if you're just looking at stats, but. I just don't know if he'll be the difference maker against 
teams like Alabama, Georgia, maybe Texas A&M on the road at Florida. I mean, these are some some big obstacles, and we haven't even gotten to Kentucky and South Carolina. But back to Stu's question, Shane. He said he's got some of that negaval in him. They're afraid to go to revert. You know, Tennessee for years and years, Shane. Expectations, they don't meet them. But yeah. it just to me, Shane, it just feels different under Josh Heupel. I mean, we've done away with all that. This team rises to the occasion. Again, I, I continue to say it, and I feel like people that don't follow Tennessee closely are just maybe are just looking at that South Carolina game from last year. But the defense continues to get better, man. And they have really attacked that in recruiting. I mean, they're adding five-star linemen. They're adding five-star linebackers. Elite four stars at both positions. I think that front seven for Tennessee is going to be really good. They've added a ton of uh, freshman defensive backs, some transfers. I mean, I think defense is going to win them multiple games next year, Shane, in the SEC. So you throw that all together. You know, the the way I'm looking at it, Shane, there's only two games that um, I think Tennessee are, are going to be big underdogs, and that's Alabama and Georgia. And, hell, they knocked one off last year. That's not to say they're going to beat every other team on their schedule, but I think they've they've got a better than 50% shot to to beat everybody else on their schedule. So I don't think it's unrealistic at all to say Tennessee can win 10 games. What do you think? You, you know, know, I, I, and, and I, guess I guess going to the, the negative, negative ball, ball, I mean, it's, it's hard, hard, man. man. How, how, can, you, how can, can you not be a little bit doubtful when you've gone through 20 years of just terrible football. I mean, we've had little flare-ups here, uh, you know, a decent season here. We get our hopes up, and then it gets ripped from us. I'll never forget that Butch Jones year. It just felt like, you know, when we beat we beat Georgia, we we almost took – we beat the Gators back-to-back, you know. Then we go down there, Texas A&M, and it just felt like it was a perfect season, like it was meant for Tennessee. But then, then you, part of you is like, man, we're, we're just going to keep building this thing. we, we got, got a long way to go. go. We're on our way up. And then all of a sudden, it just collapsed. And, to, you know, so it's hard, man. I get it. I'm, I'm, I am also one of those. My, my biggest fear is that Milton isn't legit, you know. I don't mm-hmm. – I like him. I think he's he's got a great arm. I think he really showed me a lot during that Clemson game. When, yep. when the lights were on, I was like, can he do this? Yeah. I mean, I'm big stage. He was able to to single-handedly keep Tennessee's offense moving. And, and I think that's your concern when you're thinking of Hopple's offense is uh, the avoidance of three and outs. You know, especially last year, the defense was thin. You know, we, we really got exposed toward the end of the uh, end of the season there. And the beautiful thing about Hendon Hooker was he was able to keep those chains moving, sometimes through his legs, sometimes just amazing passes on thirds down. His third down efficiency was amazing mm-hmm. at times. Uh, big player and big time. And, and Joe has had – opportunities in the past and he's hurt us so there's that neg of all creeping in you think of milton you think of you know he's been chasing his job in michigan he comes down here he loses his job to hendon hooker you know he's always looking over his shoulder and i thought coming into the season that hey he has nothing to worry about but what's the storyline was the freshman gonna play you know and does joe get a little nervous out there it feels like it's a psychological thing for him and i hope to god he's not listening to this podcast surely he's not (laughs) cut off all social if you're listening joe hang up now and just focus on your art and don't listen to us talking heads because we need him 
out there dialed in and doing everything he can to stretch his field and run this Hopple offense to the best of his ability. Does he have the tangible pieces to do it? Absolutely. There does. Can Tennessee win 10 games? Absolutely, man. How can you say they couldn't? Their defense is improved. Their defense is better. Now, there's some question marks on that offensive line. There's some question marks with the wide receivers. I get that, but I have no doubt in my mind that we're going to find yards. We're going to find touchdowns. We're going to find scores with that offense, and the defense is going to help us stay in some of these ball games. But it's only going to go as far as Joe Milton goes. So I guess your confidence level really hinges on that and – how confident are you? I'm 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 fifty fifty, Mike. You know, dream world. I think we're winning a natty, but you know that negaval in me is just right there with you. Like I pray to God this thing doesn't implode this year. <laughs> yep. And one thing I think is being overlooked too, Shane, with the uh, the recent rule changes. Remember, clock's no longer going to stop on first downs in college football outside of uh, the final two minutes of each half, and. I don't know that it'll make a huge impact, but I do think it will make an impact for Tennessee, specifically Shane and and Ole Miss and uh, Auburn, which is going to run a a similar up-tempo style of offense. But when you're running that tempo with the clock not stopping, that's going to obviously result in uh, more clock eaten up by the offense, which Mm -hmm. is going to be good for Tennessee's defense because they're going to face less uh, snaps on their side of the football. Again, I don't know if that'll be a major, major impact, but yeah, you know, I, you know the, the, if they're facing eight, eight to ten less snaps a game, that that's going to help by the end of the season. So I don't think that can be overlooked either. Uh, but let's get to uh, Glock Vault here, Shane. He, he wants to know three year outlook for Tennessee, and just based on what we've seen, Shane under Josh Heupel. I mean, he, he's one of, if not the best, offensive mind. In college football right now, he's he's at the very top with adding Nico at quarterback. Yeah. I think if he lives up to the hype, I don't know if you saw this the other day, Shay, but uh, on three they put out a graphic of uh, you know the highest rated quarterbacks in the history of the recruiting industry, and I believe Nico was number six, not of this year, but of all time. So, yeah. I mean, these these are the accolades that are coming with this kid. If he lives up to that hype, man, Shane, I think – I don't think – sitting here, I'm, peeps, the rest of the SEC has already turned it off. Go. But, yeah, <laughs> I would not say it's, you know, national championship or bust. But yeah. I think SEC championship, again, maybe not a bust because it's such a competitive league. But to get – the next three years, I think Tennessee can win an SEC championship, but I don't think they're recruiting quite to the level. I, in fact, I know they're not of of Georgia and Alabama right. and even Ohio State, LSU. So, Nico, an, an elite quarterback, any elite quarterback can close that gap. I mean, there's a right. reason Marcus Mariota took Oregon to the national championship game. Uh, you know, there's a reason Jimbo won a national championship with Jameis Winston. Right, Joe Burrow, LSU. I mean, you can. There's many examples. An elite quarterback can be the difference to get you there. But if if they hit on Nico, I, I think it's very reasonable for Tennessee fans to expect within the next three years to be in that SEC championship game. Is that unrealistic? Do you think? No, it's all about momentum, man, and and that's what I'm I'm thinking. This is a pivotal year for the Volunteers because they have that momentum. Not only in just their style, but the, the the fans, the fan support, the money. 
you know, my kid on this the other day, you know, when you're thinking three years down the road, the big factors for for competing for an SEC championship or a college football playoff run is freaking money. And there is a ton of it coming in, and there's going to be more of it when you keep putting a nice product on the field. And that's that's the key, brother. Hammer down. Keep that foot on the gas and, and just keep hammering through this and keep landing those recruits. You know, Nico would not have come to Tennessee if it were four years ago. Nico would not have come to Tennessee if we weren't able to put together a nice NIL package for him. I mean, say what you want. I mean, the kid came out here and he made a shit ton of money. He's mm-hmm. making a fortune there in Knoxville and he's going to continue to do that. And, you know, and if the, the 24 sevens are right out there, we landed us a hell of a quarterback and that's how you build national championship teams. And in this style of offense that, that Hopper likes to run, it's just a piece that we can build around. So when I'm thinking three years out, you're going to see little pieces. Nico may play this year. I'm not saying that he won't, but there's there's going to be little glimpse of what's to come in Knoxville, and that's what you're selling on the recruiting trail is that, hey, we're just missing a few pieces here. We get that in here, we're recruiting just like Georgia. We're going to be recruiting just like Alabama, and then we're going to be competing for national championships. So you just got to keep going. That's the key, Mike. You can't take your foot off because then all of a sudden it becomes a fire sale and people start transferring (laughs) out, and you're like, oh, shit, here we go. It's Butch Jones 2.0, you know? So, yes, I, I think the key is just keep going, and I think Hopple is going to do that. Yeah. All right, Shane. Next question comes from Cousin Chase from Arkansas. Big Razorback fan, of course. And he's got a couple of questions on the Razorbacks and their depth heading into uh, this upcoming season. Hey, this is Chase from Arkansas. I'm a huge Hogs fan. And I think that my main worry with the uh, Arkansas Razorbacks football team next year, we have a couple of decent receivers, but I feel like we're losing a lot of size this year on the edge, and I think that will make a big difference in the run game. But, and even, and y'all can go into that, but a bigger worry for me would be um, our offensive line play to me. Yeah, we got the beefy boys up front, but, man, I, I just have not, as an offensive lineman, I played left tackle, you know, um, all the way to Division Two, And so I know a little bit, and that's, I always like watching the big boys up front. And I just really am kind of worried. I, I, I think we can get it right. You know, uh, during fall camp, and maybe it's just because it was spring, but, man, our quarterback got to. They got to our quarterback a lot. And I know y'all kind of touched to that, you know, with Landon Rogers and or Landon Jackson, rather. And um, hopefully it's just our defense, you know, really good. But, man, we're playing the SEC. You know, we're playing stud defensive linemen every week. So I know Coach Pittman, he's a lineman guru, and but I just – you know, I felt like we were really heading in a positive direction last year, and I feel like this year we're just uh, – we took a big step back, and I think it might just because we moved so many people around. But I'm a little worried. You know, we we lost a lot of experience. Um, but, yeah, so if y'all could just touch on that, I'd appreciate it. And love y'all show, guys. Y'all keep it up. Thank you. All right, Chase, so let, let's tackle the receivers first. Yes, they're losing some some size, some length, but – you know, Shane, I like what Arkansas added via the transfer portal and another guy we're going to talk about here on the next question, Isa Satania, the the uh, second-year speed demon there. I would rather have, Shane, and I'm curious to know if you would agree or not, I would rather have quick receivers with, you know, top-end speed than I would a bunch of 
tall receivers that can't separate. I mean, ideally you'd want big receivers that could do it all. But yeah. if you if you were going to tell me one or the other, and I'm I'm not sitting here, you know, mocking the Arkansas receivers because they had two guys, Jaden Hazelwood and Matt Landers, both in the top ten in receiving yards in the SEC last year. So very productive players, but not burners by any stretch yeah. of the imagination. I'd rather have those burners explosive plays that's how you kill that's you know Jalen Hyatt is who I think of uh Luther Burden you know players like that can bust the game wide open give me the give me the fast receivers over the the big tall ones I don't know what's your thoughts on that yeah it's funny you know going back to the old NCAA games you know when you're creating a (laughs) wide receiver it was yeah give me a six six tall slender guy that's fast (laughs) as hell on the outside you know it's (laughs) it's it's almost like you needed that but you know, in this day and age, you you think of some of the greats to come through here. Um, I, I I mean, there's there's tons of of possession receivers that have come through these universities that are just complete great game changers. You talked about Hyatt. I think about you know uh, what's his name Swartz from Auburn. You know, just one of those oh, guys. Yeah. You just you get in the space, Debo Samuel. You just give mm-hmm. him a little space and let him do something. Let him cook. You know, I like that. I'm more of a speed guy. I've kind of switched gears. Uh, I don't know if that's a pun. Basically, but, every yeah. Alabama receiver the last five years, <laughs> brother. You know what you need. You what you need, man, is you need you need dudes that run proper routes. You know, you, yeah. it, I think that's the key with Arkansas is the chemistry, being on the same page hands you know not dropping the easy ones i think that's what got them a lot you know there was a lot of drive killers last year when Mm -hmm. these guys dropped the ball so i i just need somebody with sure hands and quick makes make some moves you know five seven yards you do that every time you're going to march all the way down the field and score a touchdown every single time mike so yeah it's not sexy it's not sometimes it's you know it's a little boring but Every now and then, one of those guys pop one, and it becomes a highlight reel. And next thing you know, you're up two scores. So, uh, give me the short, fast guys. Uh, I'll take that a million times because they can take a three yard route to the house. Right. And the second part of uh, Chase's question, question, Shane, the offensive line. You know, uh, offensive line coach Cody Kennedy is a younger guy. Uh, I think it's fair to say that unit did not live up to the hype last year, but. You know, the same thing basically we say every time, Shane, and, and same thing Chase says here. I mean, you got to have faith in Sam Pittman and entrusting yeah. to hire an offensive line coach. I mean, I I don't I don't know of a coach that I have more faith in to identify uh, a coaching talent at the offensive line, but that is a question. I mean, there was legit concerns. Will Arkansas fire Cody Kennedy after the season? But I think the continuity is, is going to be good. They are bringing in a transfer from Florida, Josh Braun, who he was a touted recruit. But I don't like the fact that you're relying on transfer offensive linemen. That's a little bit of a red flag, just given that you know we're, we are a developmental program. Sam Pittman and company should be yeah. finding them gems and, and uh, developing developing those players in house. Yeah. Not that not that they haven't. I mean, they just had a draft pick uh, on the offensive line, one of their two draft picks. So it's not like they've been horrible, but. That is a concern, and that's not something I think we'll get answered to, Shane, until we actually see this offense. But that that's probably the biggest concern because we know what we got at quarterback, running back, some of these receivers we like. So, um, yeah, the, the offensive line, that, that's one of the biggest questions I have for the Razorbacks going into the season that, again, we just 
won't have an answer to till we see him on the field. You know what? Yeah, and, you know, the optimistic side of me always wanted to just say, well, your defense is really good, you know, after that <laughs> spring game. That's that's what you keep wanting to say. But, you know, that little devil on your shoulder saying, man, if our offensive line struggles. Because you think, what's one thing that KJ's not been able to do? And that's stay healthy through an entire season. Well, you right. can't do that with a banged-up offensive line either. So, um, one injury. And then all of a sudden you're 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 in trouble. And that what worries me is that was the theme when that portal was open was how many more offensive line is Arkansas going to get? You know, they're mm-hmm. still shopping, man. They're still shopping. They they're not they're not set. So little worrisome, you know. But I do like the development. I do like what Sam does with offensive line. And you know, I'm not. I, I'm definitely. Maybe I'm not as optimistic on that side, but what they have improved on the other side of the ball kind of evens it out, in my opinion. So this is one of those things we're just going to have to see. We're going to we're going to have some growing pains along the way, but then all of a sudden, you never know that top five may get together and become a an absolute unit. So um, I'm 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 leaning a little bit more toward the optimistic side, Mike. And I would say this one final thing, Shane, that I got on Arkansas, just a little nugget I picked up. But apparently Sam Pittman behind the scenes is telling people that he's very confident this is going to be his best team yet. Now, again, maybe you know this is this was not a press conference. I'm picking this yeah. up, you know, that that's where it's kind of coach speak where behind the scenes these guys maybe tell a little bit more how they really feel. He's very confident in this team. So take yeah. that for what it's worth, but that's what I'm hearing behind the scenes. All right, well, fine. I mean, even uh-huh. well, even on that note, when he comes out and he talks, I've never seen him. You know, he's always a little bit reserved at times when he's talking about both sides of the ball, and it felt like after that spring, man, there was a little, there was a little get up in this step. You know what I'm saying? It just, uh-huh. I don't know. I'm, I'm reading into it, but it did, it did seem a little different this year. So that that tells me that things are okay. You know, I mean, I'm just guessing. <laughs> it, who knows? You know, he may not just drink a, a fifth of vodka before he came out there. You know, <laughs> and been like on cloud nine. But I'm just saying there there was something in the air, and it just felt like I don't know, like they got a secret and they want to tell somebody. Yep. All right, final question here, Shane, from Cousin Too Tall from Raleigh, North Carolina. He's a big game cock. Too Tall? Yeah, that, that's what he said. He's, he's that's Cousin a, Too that's Tall. That's a cool name. Yeah. I, I'm the opposite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, too fat, you know. <laughs> too bald. Oh, I got to change my – I got to step up my name game here. <laughs> hey, yo, and hey, buddy. It's Cousin Too Tall out here in Raleigh, North Carolina. And I was just calling in. I just listened to the, the Mike Griff interview, and it's actually really good. But I got a couple bones to pick with that real quick, and then I got a couple questions for y'all, or one question for y'all. Mike Griff, he's obviously been around the SEC for a while because he knows exactly, exactly how to needle a fan base without actually saying anything directly bad about him. The way he talked about my South Carolina Gamecocks during that whole interview. He talks all around all the success that they've had over the past two decades with the coaches, so Steve Spurrier, what Shane Beamer's done, who they knocked off, but he didn't ever directly address any of it. I just want to say, remind him, who was the last SEC East team to beat Georgia? Oh, it was us, the Gamecocks, when we had literally the worst coach we've had probably in the past 50 years, and we still knocked them off in Georgia. That 
also we beat Clemson. Tennessee last year, but that's, you know, that's not even here or there. Anyways, who are some freshman contributors from last year in the SEC that you expect to take the next step into their journey to superstardom in this league? They're going to become the, the big names in our uh, in our conference for the next couple of years. The guys who are already in there, we've already seen them flash a little bit. They're a little bigger, a little stronger, a little faster. Know their playbooks a little bit better. Who are some two freshmen who had good years last year that you expect to be big contributors for their teams the SEC for the next coming years and potentially break out into the national level? Love the podcast. Love both of y'all. Really appreciate what you do. Give me something to listen to while I'm at work. So thank you guys and uh, have a good one. Keep it up. All right. So I edited that one down, Shane. I'll tell you what, Shane, I think we, we got so many listeners listening to you ramble that they call in and they ramble on here. But <laughs> I, I really like this question from Cousin Too Tall. Um, freshman players that we've already seen on the field that could become household names, impact players. And I got a lot of them, Shane, because I just knew when I get a question like this, I'm going to miss some. You know what I mean? But yeah, I've tried to name as many as I can so that I don't get bombarded tomorrow with, how in the hell did you forget this guy? How did you forget <laughs> yeah. that guy? Oh, you son of a bitch. You hate this. You hate us. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I, I'm doing this in tears, and I got a list of about 35, 40 yeah, there's just <laughs> there's just 400 freshmen that last year, you know? Yeah, tell me your list, Mike. All right, I'm going to do it in tears, like I said. And top tiers, Shane, three guys. These guys are probably already household names. So Okay. I don't know. They may not qualify for exactly what uh, Too Tall's asking us, but Harold Perkins, LSU. No doubt. I mean, he's already a star, in my opinion. Ole Miss running back, Quinshaw Junkins. Oh, yeah. Maybe the best running back in the country. But, again, maybe maybe not everybody knows who that is. They should. And then Georgia safety, Malachi Starks, uh, you know, just a sensational player. When you're starting as a true freshman as a safety on a national champion's, you are a hell of a player. So those are my good. three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, those 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 are going to be those aren't just great players. Those are all Americans and right. early draft picks. So yes, I like those three. All right, and then I got several here, Shane. We've already seen them all in the field. They've already made an impact, but maybe just not quite to the caliber of those three. And I think all these guys could be all Americans if they reach their potential. Luther Burden, we got his chips up here for a reason. He's he's got to be on this list, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Again, it's surprising. Not a household name. Hasn't you know? I thought he was very productive last year, but I you know, at times I don't think he was the best wide receiver. He will be the best wide receiver on his team this year, and yep. I think he'll be more of a focal piece. And then one guy I'm very excited about, Shane, made some big time plays last year for Texas A&M receiver Evan Stewart. Look like yeah. uh, one of the best players on the team in the spring game. I think, uh, you know, he's going to have a huge breakout season. Heck, yeah. Evan should have his own bag of chips too, brother. He <laughs> he will be a household name, brother. And then another one from the Aggies, Shane, Walter Nolan, elite defensive lineman. They're stacked on that defensive line. I thought uh, at times he looked like the best defensive lineman last season as a true freshman. So I can only imagine if he continues to progress – uh, what kind of damage he could do for that Aggie wrecking crew yeah. defense uh, down there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I love this guy, Shane. 
just because I've been getting so much blowback. I've been watching more of their football games to see what am I missing here? Well, I'll tell you, not that you know he didn't make an impact already, but sounds like he is taking it to another level, Shane. Florida running back Trevor Etienne. I know yep. they got uh, uh, Johnson there, also an outstanding player, but uh, I think Etienne is, is going to separate himself to be, you know, basically a he's only in his second year, but I think in after his junior year, he's probably off to the NFL because he's he's that good of a player. You know, it's it's funny. It's you're noticing more and more teams do some of these package running back deals. Uh, I mean, just about all of them are doing it this year. But ten years ago, if Etienne's on a team by himself, I mean, you're you're making a case that he could make a run for for Heisman or leading rusher in the SEC. So, right. uh, hell of a talent, just like his brother. I mean, they're different, but. Again, another player that you're going to see on Sunday. I think that's why he's going to be a household name because, I, you know, I had his brother on my fantasy team last year. You know, it's like there's not a lot of ETNs running around here, but the ones that are, are fucking good. I'm sorry, didn't sorry, mom, didn't me. <laughs> Beer's kicking in. All right, how about uh, Alabama offensive lineman Tyler Booker? Shane, I think arguably you could make a case he was their best offensive lineman by the end of the season, just as a true freshman. So. Again, we got to give some love to the, the the big uglies up front. Tyler Booker, name to know there at Alabama. Absolutely. Just getting bigger. <laughs> Just eating good and getting bigger, man. <laughs> and then this was for two tall. South Carolina's safety, Nick Imawari. I mean, stand out as a true freshman. Yeah, he's right. You know, that that's one thing uh, about his question. You know, he says – you know, national media, why don't they ever mention these guys? And it's biased and they hate the Gamecocks and all that. I just think it's because they're ignorant because they don't they yeah. don't know who that is because they don't watch enough South Carolina. That would be I, – I don't think everybody's out to get you. I really don't. I know everybody thinks that everybody is out to get them, but yeah. I just think it's their lack of knowledge because he's an outstanding player. It, it, well, you know, it's funny too. It's like sometimes those DBs – when they don't get mentioned, that's because nobody's throwing toward them. <laughs> you right. know? It's like you're going the other way. So sometimes your 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 best secondary is just not getting a lot of love because nobody wants to get it picked off. Yep. All right. And then two final big uglies here, Shane. Georgia defense alignment, Michael Williams, outstanding oh, yeah. player. He's you know gonna be one of their best defense alignment, I think, which is saying Quite a bit for Georgia. And then LSU left tackle, Will Campbell, started as a true freshman. That's just incredible. Back for another year at left tackle. Those are my – these are the guys I think could be All-Americans this season. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I got a couple other ones here, Shane. I don't know if these guys will quite be All-Americans, but I think they will be some of the best players on their team this season. This is the tier you piss off people. This is the tier right here. You're like, wait a minute. You mean Jim ain't on there? Come on now. You saw him play. Georgia tight end, Oscar Dill. And the only reason, yeah, oh yeah. maybe not higher, because they already got another tight end named Brock Bowers. You know what I mean? But but yeah. Oscar Delp was so good, they couldn't keep him off the field last year, and they had another guy named Darnell Washington. So, by God, Georgia's loaded at tight end once again. Yeah, well, and they show that they can do a two tight end system. So, it, <laughs> right. I mean, it's like old school Patriots here, you know. <laughs> Except none of them have criminal background. <laughs> Can we? That's too soon. Too soon. Sorry. This was for you, Shane. How about Tennessee receiver Squirrel White, who yeah. you know, he, he had a great rapport there with Joe Milton in the Orange Bowl. Uh, I think he is primed to be – uh, you know, you know the next breakout for this Tennessee offense. 
Yeah, if that ain't a household name. <laughs> Squirrel in Tennessee, come on now. <laughs> How about Kentucky receiver Barry and Brown, Shane? Yeah. Ooh, dynamic kick returner. I mean, one of the best in the country as a freshman. We need to get him the ball a heck of a lot more in this Kentucky offense, don't you think? Mike, he is, you know, I, I talked Debo earlier. This is just one of those human joysticks that you have got to – you got to find ways, whether it's a little screen, whether it's in the backfield, whatever you got to do. Wildcat doesn't matter. His yeah. kid needs the ball more because when he does, he's freaking electric. Yeah. You talk about a household name. This kid is, he's that. He is going to be playing on Sundays, kick returning somewhere. <laughs> and you can even throw Dane Key in there, another freshman from last year, Shane. I think a more polished receiver than Barry and Brown, but not the kick returner blazer. So that's kind of why I just put Barry and Brown first because you know those those dynamic playmakers those are the ones that really catch your eye first you know what i mean yeah yeah absolutely and then lsu's got a hell of a tight end shane mason taylor we got to hear about his dad every time is his dad uh that is he that (laughs) i can't stand that but mason taylor is he's a hell of a player in his own right we don't we don't need to mention his dad here absolutely how about uh, Texas A&M's Connor Wigman, Shane? Made some big-time throws late in the season. Beat the hell out of LSU in their final game. Connor Wigman makes that next step. Who knows? Maybe he's all SEC this season. Well, shit, Mike. He's got all that talent around him, you know. He's primed right. to have a hell of a season. And, you know, I, I know we're hearing the rumbles with Max Johnson and everything, but I just think it's to push Connor, man. I think that's your dude, and I think he eats this year. Yeah, and then last one on this tier, Shane Kentucky defense alignment, Dion Walker. I love a defense alignment, Shane, that wears number zero, and that's yeah. what we got, Walker. I mean, he was a beast last year as a true freshman. Yeah, that wasn't an option when I was in school, you know. It's like <laughs> once you hit once you hit the three hundo, you've got like eight numbers you can choose, and none of them were zero. <laughs> All right, then final tier, Shay. These guys I think will be key contributors to their team next year, but maybe not quite you know, two tall says household all American types. I I don't think they'll be quite to that level in just their second season. Maybe by their third or fourth years. But uh, I love Alabama receiver Isaiah Bond. He really started to merge yeah. late late in the year. I think he could be um, Alabama's, you know, one of their top receivers. I keep hearing good things about Texas A&M uh, defensive back Bryce Anderson. I think he's going to step up this year. We've mentioned many times, and I said I we teased it earlier, Shane, Arkansas re- receiver Isaiah Satania with the speed he scored Satania. in the uh, – the spring game, he's a track star. I think he could be, uh, you know, maybe lead the Arkansas Razorbacks in receptions this year. So, big-time player. Mississippi State receiver, Xavion Thomas. He was a punt returner last year. Scored mm-hmm. in the spring game. Dynamic playmaker. Can't wait to see what he looks like in this Kevin Barbe system. But I think he's going to be a big-time contributor. Uh, Georgia running back, Branson Robinson. He was an elite recruit out of Mississippi. Started to – he got some carries, particularly late in the uh, – Yeah. Hell, everybody got carries against TCU. That's what I, that's the last game I remember him playing. That's but. right. I think I saw Kirby lugging a couple in there, you know. Tennessee linebacker Joshua Joseph Shane, he was making some plays. He was a touted recruit. I think yeah. that's, that's another guy you got to – again, I'm telling you, Tennessee's got some talent on that defensive side that people are not – 
paying attention to. South Carolina linebacker Stone Blanton, keep hearing great things about him. Vanderbilt receiver Jaden McGowan, he made some big-time plays. He made yeah. This may be too low for even to put him on that list. If he was anywhere else other than Vanderbilt, he probably would be a household name. And then last one I could think of, Shane, this one's for you. Tennessee yeah. running back Dylan Sampson, who we've seen him in spurts, big-time potential. Tennessee, I think, is going to run the hell out of the ball this year. So they're going to need uh, Sampson back here, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get me excited, Mike. Hey, can I can I ask you a question? Um, yes, sir. Obviously, we're we're talking about freshmen that that did some stuff last year that we we're kind of getting pumped up. That's what this is—the sophomore season, you know, starting to shine, household names. But Mike, you don't have to do too many, but a, a quick, maybe three or four in your head that you think could be freshmen that contribute this year. Is there maybe a, a, a name that you see contributing early and becoming a household name similar to Judkins or, you know, Perkins? Is there is there any of those freshmen that you kinda got your eye on? Maybe you're you're not you're not guaranteeing, but you, you the if the stars are aligned, this kid could really, you know, could really shine. Yeah. Um just you're putting me on the spot here. You know, one that I continue to hear great. That I mean, this is Homer podcast apparently already, but Tennessee's uh, running back slash receiver Cam Selden was making yeah. big time plays in the spring game. He's one got to put. What about that, that Bama Bama running back uh, Justice Haynes? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he is so damn good, Shane. That was one of their strongest position groups, mm-hmm. and they're saying he may start. And this was before he was on the team. He was, you know, their strongest position group, arguably. So, yeah, Justin Haynes, you, you got to put him at near the top of that list. Uh, how about all-name team, Shane? Ole Miss has got a linebacker. Sunturin Perkins, I believe is his name. And they're saying this kid, who's that guy that uh, you could probably help me out with this, went to Penn State, got drafted by uh, Dallas Harrington. No, uh, Micah Parsons. They're saying he's another oh. Micah Parsons. So just imagine okay. if he's – again, let's not put that on him. He hasn't stepped foot <laughs> on a field yet. But if he's if he's a mini version of that as a freshman, I mean, Ole Miss will use him early and often. So yeah. uh, keep an eye on him as well. And oh, Perkins running around, these subliminal messages. <laughs> I'm going to be eating a chicken tender melt this evening. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, I mean that's all I can think of at the yeah, top of my I, head. I, I, I'm sure the, the listeners well, well, are just screaming at their their radio right now. Well, let, let's let's ask them. You know, uh, if if you if you think that that you've got a freshman on your team that yeah. that nobody's aware of, because we we see them, they come in maybe a little under the radar, maybe uh, wasn't recruited as high as some of these other dudes, and you're like, man, I'm, I'm hearing great things at a camp, or maybe you saw something in the spring game, and you're like, man, this kid's going to be something special. You know, when we put this show out on Twitter, you know, tag us. You know, let us know who who we who we should be looking at. Who are we forgetting here? And and I did put Mike on the spot. Obviously, he likes to do his research, and I do no research. I just show up with a beer, <laughs> you know. So if you if you got one, tag us and let us know because I'm curious what who you think is going to be the freshman that that makes the impact this year. Yeah, or uh, if you're watching on YouTube, comment obviously. Shane, yeah. I got a shout out to the YouTube community. I mean, we're about we are. Did we hit ten yet? 
Not yet. We're, that's what I was going to ask the audience. If you haven't already, please help us out. We're about to hit 10,000 subscribers. And man, we have got a very engaging, fun community over there in the comments section. Shall we put out that uh, Tennessee sleeping giant? I mean, we there must be 500 comments under that bad boy. I mean, every... <laughs> post we put out on youtube we get dozens and dozens of comments people cheering people complaining people calling us out people calling yeah. everybody out uh -huh. i mean it's a it's a wild time on the youtube i've enjoyed it see i don't get on there i i, I listen to rogan he said don't look at them comments you know because i was like man they're gonna be tearing me apart mike only sends me the good ones sometimes he'll like give me kind of ones that are a little bit but yeah you got to be careful what you get on youtube but ten thousand guys uh most of most of them are the ones that are listening right now mike so i appreciate everybody taking the time to subscribe to that but yep. if you have it man just jump on there hit the little subscribe button i mean it's it's not it doesn't cost anything just click on it and then uh you guys would be part of you may be the 10th 10,000th one so that's awesome we just started it really this year so the fact it's grown that quick is uh really cool and and mike does a lot of work if you if you are so used to listening upon give this a video shot you know you, you may may not want to see my ugly mug you know but but mike puts in stats like when we talk about schedules he's got that put up there he's yep. starting to put the tweets i mean he's i mean he's, he must spend hours on this they ain't got a whole team this is mike <laughs> working on it all night so yep i, I appreciate to, all the work you do mike i go to bed at one or two for a reason shane i'm trying to pretty you up on video as soon as i get off here i grab a fruit roll up and hit hey you know <laughs> what a rough day mike well buddy that's all i got on this episode of the show i appreciate you as always for showing up i appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in we'll catch you on the next one all right see you guys go vols hey buddy this beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.